Lord be with you. And also with you. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of trumpet. Alleluia. This is a day of new beginnings, time to remember and move on, time to believe what love is bringing, laying to rest the pain that's gone. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered this day for our gathered congregation here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of service and leadership in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. On this day, this Mother's Day, we annually celebrate this I Believe Sunday, wherein four members of the graduating class this year, 2013, speak upon the mighty venerable theme, this I believe. We welcome them. We welcome those who are remembering and honoring their mothers. We welcome our Dean of Students, Ken Elmore, to help in the leadership of the final litany. We welcome our Thurman Choir, our new non-audition choir this year under the leadership of Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett. And we are grateful to Brother Larry Whitney, our minister with students, for preparing the speaking and the liturgy this day. Especially today, we remember the beauty of the lines penned by Charles Wesley for a similar occasion, the opening of the Kingswood Children's School in England in 1764. Unite the pair so long disjoined, knowledge and vital piety, learning and holiness combine, truth and love for all to see. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray together. Almighty God, whose blessed Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things, mercifully give us faith to perceive that, according to his promise, he abides with his church on earth, even to the end of the ages, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Well, beloved, in the light of God's lasting love, in the presence of God's grace, in the embrace of God's mercy, we are free to lay down our burdens together in prayer as the choir sings in a moment. So then with us, let us with the Spirit's daring take from the past and leave behind our disappointment, guilt, and grieving, seeking new paths and sure to find. Let us pray. laden and our car top carriers secured. We turn from the past to the future, from spring to summer, from youth to age, trusting in your grace and mercy and peace. Beloved, hear the good news. If we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. 
While he was going and they were gazing up towards heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, and for this reason I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him so that, with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet, and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in a responsive reading of Psalm 47 as we begin with a sung antiphon. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. The Lord, the Most High, is awesome, a great king over all the earth. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. For God is the sovereign of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God is king over the nations. God sits on the holy throne. The princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. God 
is highly exalted. stand for the singing of the Gloria Deo and the reading of our gospel. of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke chapter 24 verses 44 through 53. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and, lifting up his hands, he blessed them, when he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. On this Feast of the Ascension, we are grateful to hear four voices who will inspire our hearts to ascend to heavenly places. We welcome Miss Brittany Schwartz, Miss Molly Flanagan, Miss Siri Hamilton, and Mr. Sammy Hamden this year to give our This I Believe reflections. And on this Mother's Day, we are confident that their mothers must indeed be very proud. Our first speaker this morning is Ms. Brittany Schwartz. She is graduating from the College of Arts and Sciences with a Bachelor of Arts in Environmental Analysis and Policy with minors in Earth Sciences, Biology, and International Relations. She has been a leader on the servant team here at Marsh Chapel throughout her time at Boston University and was given the University Service Award for her extraordinary contributions at the Community Service Center. Welcome, Brittany. I didn't plan on getting involved with religious life at BU. I planned on going to Mass, but that was going to be about it for me, like it always was. But I was browsing the BU calendar on the evening of one of the very first days of class, classes freshman year and saw an event for that night that really caught my eye, Capture the Flag. I didn't pay much attention to the group running the event and was simply eager to participate in a game I loved to play with friends back home. 
Turns out it was hosted by Marsh Chapel. Hmm. Once I found my way to the Thurman Room in the basement, I was greeted by some of the craziest, coolest, most passionate people I have ever met, along with my very first of many free meals from Marsh. Those folks I met that night made me feel unbelievably welcome as they asked meaningful getting to know you questions and genuinely listened to my answers, pointing out little pieces of common ground between us along the way. Within these new friends, I found comfort, I found family, and I found home. And so it began. After that night and some other first week events, I was hooked on this open, accepting, lively place and the even more dynamic people found inside of it. From service projects with Servant Team, to discussions with Interfaith Council, to community dinners on Monday nights, the Marsh family has unrelentingly reminded me how amazing it is that while we each hold our own different beliefs, we can share in so many of the most wonderful aspects of life. I believe we as humans can all unite with the image of a world that is kind, just, and wholesome, one that revolves around compassion for others and treasures each individual's unique perspective, experiences, and voice. A community like this one here at Marsh, one that is founded on indiscriminate love and cherishes common threads, allows, this allows me to put incredible faith in the thought of such a place. Looking at it as a whole, my journey here at Marsh is kind of just like that Capture the Flag game I went to freshman year. Both are about working with others and searching, looking into things in ways you hadn't before, and taking risks along the way as you propel across that safe line of comfort, trusting others to have your back. Each quest requires perseverance, attention, and a deeper understanding of yourself. Both are exhilarating and challenging, especially when you're sometimes left confused in the dark as the unexpected strikes. The diary of neither adventure is perfect. You can get tagged and sent to the tree or come across incomprehensible struggles in life, but both are always more than worthwhile. One thing that's different, though, is that when working on finding yourself and your beliefs at Marsh, everyone has customized flags, many of them in common with others, some not, and we're all on the same team. Plus, at Marsh, we all get flashlights. That is, amazing people that teeter the perfect balance of guiding us and pushing us to discover things ourselves. I am incredibly blessed to have been a part of this community for the past four years, and don't just believe, but know that the deep friendships I've made here at Marsh will forever be a home base for me as I search and reach for the flags life after BU will bring. Thank you to all those who have supported, inspired, and simply loved me while I've been here. Our second speaker this morning is Ms. Molly Flanagan. She's graduating magna cum laude from the College of Fine Arts with a Bachelor of Music in Brass Performance specializing in French horn. She has been a faithful member of the Marsh Chapel Choir throughout her studies at Boston University. Welcome, Molly. I attended Sunday school regularly as a child and came away with two things from that experience. One, Jesus apparently likes to drink a lot of wine a lot of the time. And two, God looks like everyone. I accepted the first one without much internal struggle, but the second one threw me for a loop. Our teacher told us that God makes everyone in his image, so he looks like a little bit of everyone or something like that. I tried to picture what every person in the world looked like and how you could mash all of those images into one. There are only so many features on a face, and who got to decide what color the eyes were or what size the nose was? And if he looked like everyone, then wouldn't he really look like no one? I don't like thinking very hard about things, and I was no different at age seven, so I ended up letting that one go. Years later, I began my freshman year of college. I crashed, and badly. It took me a long time to get used to being at BU, and I hated myself for that. I joined the Marsh Chapel Choir my second week of school and hung out with people from CFA, but I could never really make it work. 
Every time I felt myself becoming comfortable with what I was doing, or actually feeling okay for a moment about where I was, there was always something that would overwhelm me. Like it wanted to remind me that I was not allowed to be happy or at peace. The feeling gradually disappeared the longer I stayed in school, and I assumed that it was just normal freshman adjustment difficulties that I'd left behind me. However, it came back numerous times until about 18 months ago, when I finally saw a doctor who diagnosed me with depression and started me on medication that gave me my life back. During those um, tumultuous years, when it felt like the ground could slip out from beneath me at any time, the one thing that did remain constant was the people along the way. There was my teacher, who noticed that something was off my second lesson and, much to my surprise, spent an entire hour talking to me instead of playing. There was the friend who I was able to confide in and vent to more comfortably than I could with anyone else, a friend who I only met because he just happened to be the roommate that year of another good friend of mine. There was the teacher I had during a semester abroad whose kindness helped me find my way thousands of miles from home. There was also the group of people sitting behind me, maybe without knowing it, who provided a safe space for me every Thursday night and kept me going even through those days when I seriously considered dropping out of school. Whenever anything happened, whenever I had a setback or got into trouble, someone always just happened to be there to help me along the way. Four years later, I am still here Four years later, I now believe that those numerous acts of grace and kindness that kept me here came from God working in the form of the people I came in contact with. So even though I am leaving Boston after this week, I believe that wherever I end up, God will be there with me, and he really will look just like everyone around me. Ms. Siri Hamilton is graduating from the College of Arts and Sciences with a Bachelor of Arts in Linguistics. She's been a faithful member of the servant team throughout her time at Boston University and served on the ministry staff here at Marsh Chapel in 2011 to 12. I have been a part of the church since before I can remember. Growing up a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Scandinavian girl in the heart of the Midwest, I narrowly avoided Lutheran Ludafisk dinners, but I was always up for a tater tot hot dish. Growing up as a church musician's daughter, I lived and breathed church, marching on over to my dad's office every day after school, singing in children's choir, having my classmates tease me, saying that I had a microphone in my earring because that was the only way I could know all the answers in confirmation class. Then I fled to Boston University. I was convinced that I had to get as far away from what I thought of then as the stifling Midwest and my identity as my father's daughter. I was convinced that I didn't need church and that living and breathing church was the same thing as faith. I kept that mentality up for about a year until I met Brother Larry and Dean Hill. It was not long after that that I wrote to Brother Larry while sitting in my dorm room on Bay State with the realization that church for me could exist outside of my childhood world. I wanted to be involved at Marsh, and did I ever get involved? I ushered, I co-chaired servant team, I worked in the office, I worked as a ministry assistant. I was back to living and breathing church, which I again was confusing with faith. It was then that I decided to take a step back from all these commitments. In the past year, I have learned so much about myself and my faith. I came to Boston convinced that I would change the world. Has that happened? No, but I have made my mark, giving friends advice, engaging in academic conversation, smiling at strangers as they pass by. 
As I grow older and wiser, I realize that these are the things in life that matter. These are the things that grant me the ability to have faith in God, the little things that reveal God's presence in our daily lives. After an almost 23-year-long journey with its twists and turns, for better and for worse, I have barely scratched the surface of what faith means, but here's what I believe today. Today, I believe that having faith in God allows me to be unsure about my faith in myself. God picks up the slack and is there even in the depths. Today, I believe that God works through each one of us so that we may support and love one another. Today, I believe that in the words of Dean Hill, wherever you are, be present, breathe, listen, smile, love, hear, be there. No matter what happens, when I question my abilities, when I doubt my choices, when my faith falters, I again look to words from the Dean. Life is good. Mourning is good. Prayer is good. Grace is good. Love is good. Family is good. God is good. All the time. In this, I will always believe. Mr. Sammy Hamden is graduating summa cum laude from Sargent College which, with a Bachelor of Science in Health Science and will begin a Master of Public Health in Health Policy and Management at the Boston University School of Public Health in the fall. He has served as a student health ambassador at Student Health Services for the past two years. Welcome, Sammy. Faith is at times a tricky concept. In the small, dark moments of my life, faith felt like leaning against a wall of mist. But that was before I came to college, before I fully understood what faith meant to me. I have found that my faith was tested in my time at Boston University, and in the end, strengthened. When I began college, I was not entirely sure what faith meant. I knew what religion meant, and I accepted Islam as my religion wholeheartedly, but a deep and intuitive faith took time to discover. As my understanding of faith began to develop, I found that it is far more than a litany of dogmatic do's and don'ts. While ritual is important, my time at college has shown me how faith can be cultivated in many ways, not simply through one system of belief. Of course, actively embracing prayer and ritual has helped me channel and grow my sense of faith. But for me, faith gained a far more fundamental meaning. In so much of the world today, faith is portrayed as a divisive issue but I have come to believe that true faith is a common denominator more than a common divider. For me, faith is living deeply by meaningful action and through meaningful connections with others. For me, faith is not about arguing over the details. Faith is about embodying the core principles of Islam and spirituality in general, acting decently, forgiving before judging, and looking for the good in people. During my time in college, I have found this sense of faith in many surprising places, and it has been a great source of inspiration and strength for me. I have found a sense of faith in my dear friends who have supported me in my times of need and celebrated the successes of my college career. I have found a sense of faith in a graveyard on the first beautiful day of spring when so much else seemed to be missing from my world. I have found a sense of faith in the joy of a child's smile while recovering from his surgery that gave him a fresh start to life. And I have found a sense of faith in the quiet solitude of a sunset on a fall day, when all the small concerns that can occupy my time are swept away by the simple grandeur of life. In my sorrow or my happiness, in the grand moments, but especially in the little ones, faith has become my core and my guide. Faith is about embracing the unknown with a sense of clarity and purpose. For me, it is my deep sense of a greater meaning and order to life, 
a purpose to my existence, even if it seems beyond me at times. We now come to the time in our service when we turn our hearts and minds to prayer and lift up our lives and ourselves to God. As we pray together this morning, I will conclude each petition, God, in your mercy, please respond, hear our prayer. Please assume an attitude and posture of prayer by either remaining seated, standing, kneeling, or coming to the communion rail as we sing together our call to prayer, lead me, Lord. God of serendipity, we give thanks for those moments in our lives that we could not have planned, and yet which, in the surprise of grace, exceed our every hope and aspiration. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of hospitality, we are grateful for the communities in which we have received the joy of fellowship and we invite your spirit to guide us to be a people of extraordinary hospitable grace. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of peace, we pray for a world that is kind, just, and compassionate amidst diversities of perspectives, experiences, and voices. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of adventure, we pray for the perseverance, attention, and self-knowledge to take the path of spiritual seeking that, while risky, promises a deeply worthwhile reward. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Invisible God, we who have never seen your face Pray for the grace to see you in the faces of all those we encounter this week and to display in our faces the radiance of your glory. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of wholeness, we give thanks for those in our lives who accompany us back from darkness and despair to health and vitality of life. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Ever-present God, we are grateful that even when we try to flee from your presence, you remain alongside us and provide us companions and comforters to lead us into more truth. Grant us grace also to accompany and comfort those we are given to walk alongside in the path of life. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Faithful God, Remind us this day and each day that life is good, morning is good, prayer is good, grace is good, love is good, family is good, 
and you are good, that we may embody goodness and light in your world. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, who calls us into community, help us to live as communities that embody the richness of prayer and ritual, that we may nurture and grow faithful people for lives that will be transformative in society and the world. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, help us to find the resources in our faith to be people of common ground, living deeply, practicing meaningful action, and cultivating meaningful connections with others. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of grandeur, help us to embrace the unknown that in the quiet solitude of a sunset, when all of the small concerns that can occupy our time are swept away, we may enjoy the simple grandeur of life. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And now, with the confidence of children of God, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. We greet you once again here in the nave of Marsh Chapel and invite you to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew, passing the red book along to your neighbor so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. We are grateful this morning to our four This I Believe speakers selected competitively from the Boston University class of 2013. They are, once again, Ms. Brittany Schwartz, Ms. Molly Flanagan, Ms. Siri Hamilton, and Mr. Sammy Homden. In token of our gratitude, we present each of them with a copy of a book by the Reverend Dr. Robert Cummings Neville, former Dean of Marsh Chapel and former Dean of the School of Theology, entitled The God Who Beckons, Theology in the Form of Sermons. Please join me in thanking and congratulating them once again. We would remind you that the Boston University Baccalaureate service is held here in the nave of Marsh Chapel at 11 a.m. next Sunday morning, led by President Robert A. Brown, Provost Jean Morrison, Dean Robert Allen Hill, Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett, and the Marsh Chapel Choir. The preacher of the day will be the retired bishop of the New England Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church, the Reverend Dr. Peter Weaver. As the ushers move among us for the morning offering, we invite you to meditate on Ronald Staley's setting of the traditional American hymn, How Can I Keep From Singing? Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
Gracious and loving God, we give thanks that you are like a proud mother beaming joy at us today. In response to your love, we make of our lives an offering. So take our gifts of song and silence and sighs and make of us a beacon to this world, to this city, to this campus. In your joy, we dedicate these gifts and we surrender our lives. Amen. I make of my life an offering to God. I make of my life an offering to God. There is a surrender of the life that redeems, purifies, and makes whole. Every surrender to a particular person, event, circumstance, or activity is but a token surrender, the temporary settling of the passing and transitory. The surrender must be to something big enough to absolve one from the little way, the meager demand. It is the claim of religion that this is only found in God. The pathways may vary, but the goal is one. I make of my life an offering to God. There is in every person something that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in herself. There is in you something that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. The burden of what I have to say to you is, what is your name? Who are you? And can you find a way to hear the sound of the genuine in yourself? I wonder if you can get still enough, not quiet enough, still enough, to hear rumbling up from your unique and essential idiom the sound of the genuine in you. I don't know if I can, but this is your assignment. I make of my life an offering to God. On the one hand is the absolute necessity for the declaration that states unequivocally the uniqueness of the private life, the awful sense of being an isolate independent, and alone. The great urgency to savor one's personal flavor, to stand over against all the rest of life in contained affirmation. While on the other hand, it is the necessity to feel oneself as a primary part of all of life, 
sharing at every level of awareness a dependence upon the same elements in nature caught up in the ceaseless rhythm of living and dying with no final immunity against the common fate that finds and holds all living things. People, all people, belong to each other. And anyone who shuts himself or herself away is diminished, and anyone who shuts another away is destroyed. I make, I make my, my life an offering, offering to God. God. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.